electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC, Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber has the morning off. Final blast of data before the holiday. Weekend uh, futures are green as durables come in light. Core PCE roughly in line, maybe a tenth heavy year on year. Uh, personal spending, though, lightest since July. Our roadmap begins with Tesla shares on track to claw back some losses at the open. Still heading for the worst month ever. Plus, recession fears dimming hopes for a year-end rally. And it's being called a once-in-a-generation storm FedEx, warning of delayed deliveries and as obviously thousands of flights canceled. We're going to begin, though, with Elon Musk vowing to pause sales of Tesla stock. During a Twitter Spaces chat yesterday, Musk said, quote, you can count on me, no stock sales until like probably 2025 or something. You know, I need to sort of sell some stock to make sure there's some powder dry to account for a worst case scenario, but I'm not selling any. So I obviously have my commitment. I won't sell stock probably until two years from now, Jim. Uh, That comes after the stock down 22% in five days. uh, Yeah, look, I think that when you think about Tesla, you have to remember this was a stock that was uh, $839 billion. Uh, All-time high here, wow, $1.2 Now, the problem with that, Carl, now it's down to 414, is that's real money by retail. Now, of course, there's S&B, was added to the S&B, but the $1.2 trillion, it was probably, I think, for this era, the greatest of the, this year is over, okay? This era ended. But th- that, this was, and it wasn't a con by any means. It was the greatest excitement I've ever seen. And the excitement is over. And I don't think his statement creates new excitement. I think his statement is just like, okay, listen, I know that the, the horse is out of the barn, but I am going to stop. Uh, maybe there'll be some people who want to rebuild, but next year... There's a lot of competition. Look, I'm not going to say Tesla's done uh, because it's too good a company. I am saying the enthusiasm is done, and maybe that's good. There's a lot of stocks where we got way too enthusiastic, and that's what's happened. So I think retail, in many ways, has been crushed. Look, NVIDIA is one of my favorite stocks. That was at $798 billion. That's just crazy. It was at $798 billion. It's, It's Oh, it's now substantially lower. I mean, you've got to cut in half. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, Tesla. Can you, what, Tesla's 1.2 and went down to 395? Yeah. Well, you look yeah. at it. Uh, do a year-to-date Bitcoin versus Tesla. The declines are about the same for but 2022. These, these declines, you know, Amazon 55, uh, uh, Alphabet 42, Meta 69, uh, Microsoft only 31 only. Can you imagine? Uh, NVIDIA 55, Tesla 69. That's the end of retail. Okay, that's the end of retail as we know it. It's the second time within 13 years that retail's been blown out. And they're not coming back. And so it doesn't matter. He can say whatever he wants. I mean, it's just like Adam, Adam Aaron can say whatever he wants. I mean, it, it, it doesn't matter. Ryan Cohen can say whatever he wants. The enthusiasm is over. And when you talk about the stock market now with people, 
they very quickly changed the conversation to anything but the stock market. Sports, yep. politics. Well, look at what B of A said this morning about uh, weekly outflows. I mean, new records on that front. Um, but does does Tesla, we talked about this with Mark Fields yesterday on Closing Bell, does it command a premium because of its supply chain agility, lack of a dealer network, um, no advertising? Basically- yeah, yes, but a premium to what? That's the problem. I mean, to Ford? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, look, Ford is going to have 50,000. Uh, EVs, and some really good EVs, I think, uh, by this time next year rolling out. And that means that for the first time, you're going to have to see, I believe, advertising for Tesla. I think they have to advertise. Uh, they got they, they, you know, about have a 66% share. And if you really have heavy Ford and GM EV in scale, then Tesla's, Tesla's going to have a more expensive business model. And I, I think that's what's going to happen. I, I don't know, Carl. I, I just am looking at the twilight, the peak 12 twilight of Fat Man. That's what we call it, Fat Man. Facebook, Amazon. Yeah, yes. Well, if, if Tesla man. were to have a, a multiple in line with Fords, I think, I think I have this right. It would take it to 16 bucks. You're not calling for that. Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, you know, no, what I'm saying is that, is that a stock that's at $395 billion, it, it could go to $295 billion. I mean, that's what happened. Like, stocks became... Uh, well, whatever people want them to be. And, you know, you'll have a Kathy Wood saying, well, that's what this is. And then you'll have this, another person coming and say, that's what I mean, Dan Ives. I mean, they, they, there's no rigor. There's no rigor to anything. They're just like, mm, <laughs> Tesla, let me tell you, feels like 360. I mean, honestly, we well, were you- taught, to, I was taught by, by Lee Cooperman that there had to be a reason why something sold where it sold. Well, this was the this was the year where it's that wasn't true. It's so I mean, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg, okay, presided over one of the greatest downfalls of a stock ever, and you the only thing he did was like play in the metaverse. I mean, no one came on. I mean, Adam Aaron did not come on and say, "Hey, listen," he did say, "I'm going to sell," but he did not come on and say, "Buy the apes yesterday," where you get a fifty percent move. But Ryan Cohen never came on. These people are all the. Totally legit, but but the people cost themselves money. I am not saying that they could. They didn't do anything other than what most CEOs do, which they were salespeople for their company. Tim Cook is not a salesperson for his company. If you bought that stock, you bought it because you love the product, whatever. Sure. But these other ones, I mean, I don't know. The people got too enthusiastic. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Webbush. Uh, Ives does cut his target to 175. He was at 250. Deliveries now, we're starting to talk about Q4. Right. He's in the 410 to 415 range. Street's 435. No. Well, I think that's right. Look, I, I, I think that, I mean, I hesitate to say it, but in some ways we were valueless. I mean, I was valueless in the sense that, well, I sold a lot of these stocks to die. I sold every one of them to die or, or near the high. Uh, I, I kept some on, but I'm just saying that we lost control over how to value these particular stocks. We just didn't know. And because we didn't know, we had a, two, we had a, a 2001, 2000, 2001 scenario going. Sure. And I'm just afraid that we lost these people. I did meet some people who were at college and they have investment clubs. So there's, a, there's an era of people who want to do it. But most part, you know, this is just another thing which says, OK, just give me an index fund. And I think that's a shame because I like stock picking, but I can't. I, I, this is for tonight's show. I, I, I look at these peak trough. 
I just think, oh my, Microsoft 2.5 down to 1.7. Well, I'm not. I'm. I'm waiting for that. There's a bull market somewhere. There all is. The time. There is a bull in companies that make things and do stuff that are char- that are sell at reasonable value, but reasonable values that return capital. Uh, those. That's it. They all work. I, I would buy Caterpillar right here, right now. I buy Deer right here. They make things. They do stuff. They sell at reasonable multiples and they return capital while being profitable. What about That's, the argument that those types of stocks better start making a relative move up to the upside uh, against things like Staples, Smuckers last night? Smuckers is a, Smuckers is a tur- great turnaround company. I don't know if we have table. I think we do, yeah. He's, Mark Smucker's fantastic. Uh, Mark Smucker with Jim, do we have it? Uh, racked, this is what, uh, what you talked about, cost inflation last night. Take a listen. We actually have had to very prudently pass along, you know, cost inflation to our customers and our consumers. And we're careful about doing that. But we've been able to do that while still having a very systematic and creative marketing that we put against the brands, which have really connected them to consumers. No trade down. Good brands, jellies, a milk bone, really, really good uh, dog food. A Bustello coffee, one of my absolute favorite coffee. No trade down. The people will pay for that those brands, and that has what's confounded. Uh, uh, it's confounded Pal, confounded the Fed. We're supposed to trade down from those, but I don't know whether whether I don't know how much Jay shops at Dollar General, but it ain't a dollar store. I mean, every row is just filled with dollar things. After you know, many expensive things, things are not cheap. When a dollar store's got stuff that's nowhere near a dollar, forget it. So we do have inflation. We have a terrific man who's turned that company around. They're charging what they want. I do think that once you start seeing the federal dollars come through, you'll see CAT go up substantially and DEER go up substantially. You mean infrastructure spending? Oh, my. It's going to be huge. What do you make of the journal piece this morning that supply chains are now, in their words, officially back to normal? Well, And and what does that do to... Companies like Smuckers who want to use supply chain as a rationalization. Well, for what high will price. happen is is that Costco, which is the great arbiter of cost in this country, will be calling Mark and saying, "You know what? Uh, uh-uh. uh, no. You see, you raised your price. Now you lower your price. Now, for instance, here's something: at avocados. Avocado. Mission, uh, yeah, avocado Mission pricing. Produce. This was good last night. Av- avocados. <laughs> They're down so huge. Now, will Chipotle cut its price? We all want to know. Because avocados, are, is that shows you the decline that we can get. If the Justice Department were to go after the shippers that all seem to bring the fruit from South, from South America, that would be interesting. But all I'm saying is, is that, we, that Costco is now on a mission to get prices lower. And they will succeed. Yeah. If you want to put the ticker up, it's AVO. Uh, Jim's point about avocados, where we saw avocado inflation up 40, 50% earlier in the year, yeah. now down double digits. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people reducing the price of avocado. I mean, that's where the margins are going to come from. Until someone breaks price and you hear, hey, you know, you ought to go to this place. They've got avocado much cheaper. But what I'm saying, Carlos, is that this was a failed year for pretty much everybody to try to make money unless you did unless you did smucker it was i don't call them needles and haystacks i'm saying there were a, a lot of a lot of good stocks but they weren't where you looked and they particularly were not in the nasdaq 
And this whole enterprise software fiasco is incredible. And it wasn't in IPOs when you have all this, the War- Warby Parker syndrome, where you heard the brand, so you bought the stock. Again, totally failed strategy. The only strategy at work was to buy really boring companies that make things do stuff for turn capitals, trade at a reasonable value. That's it. Yep. And that turned out to be not that many companies. But you would agree that COVID and the response to COVID threw all kinds of playbooks out the window. Everything. There was no way to, to understand. And, and I think that people refuse. I mean, Fang was, Fang was COVID. Fang was advertising. Fang was staying at home. I mean, advertising just vanished for these guys. And, you know, for Fang, Fang was fantastic for Facebook. And then Apple changed the code. I mean, Apple, people want too many apples, but now they can't even make enough apples. Uh, Netflix had the advantage of falling first. And then once COVID ended, they actually could make a lot of new things. So yep. they're, they're ahead of the game. It kind of reminds me, we've been watching China and these reports today that maybe 18% of the population was infected in the first 20 days of December. Um, What's the r naught of that? Well, if you have 18% <laughs> and you have 1.4 billion, I mean, you know, in three weeks? Right. But your uh, point is that they have to blow through this one way or another. But when they blow through, wow, that'll be the first real good news for the economy. But will that just make Powell's job even harder? I mean, this Tepper interview, I went over the Tepper interview really closely uh, that they had yesterday on Squawk. And he really just said, look, it's just not the right time to like stocks. He didn't say he hates all stocks. But you know, we're in a denouement period. And it really is a shame. When you talk to people about Tesla, it's the car, mm-hmm. not the stock. I heard you talking with Joe uh, prior to the top of the hour about yesterday's recovery, I guess. Can we call it that? Yeah, well, you, look, I talked to Larry Williams, who is uh, the best market historian I know. And he said the Santa Claus rally starts on, on, or traditionally on Thursday, on that day, in the middle of the day is when you buy. So far, so good. But what happens, there was a little gun jumping. People bought on Wednesday, and they lost a lot of money. But I just don't think anything can hold up here. Because we just don't have, none of those numbers that we got this morning shocked us, saying, wow. I mean, yeah, maybe the durable goods, you can say, wow, that durable goods number is weak. But this isn't what we want. Yeah, I mean, headline PCE year on year is 5.5. Last month, it was 6.1. We keep putting... Uh, declines like that together, maybe the spring looks different. You, you don't seem convinced. <laughs> I just don't think it's a good time. Yeah. I think you got to find those companies that make things. You know, since November, November of last year, everything changed. But the retail investor did not know it changed. And that's why I say, like, disservice? No, I mean, Mike Wilson. Mike Wilson really did get it right. Calm guy, honest guy. You know, in November, he said things would get bad. He then pricked a little bit flip up and then he came back down. Yep. I really applaud him. Because yeah, no. he, he, if you listen to him, you really saved a lot of money. The, the double-breaking putt. Do you know him? I'm just on television. It's good enough guy, yeah, right? Yeah. It would, well, that doesn't portend good things about Q1 if we're listening to Wilson. I, I can't I can't go against a guy who's been right all the time. I can't. Yeah. Tepper's right. Mike Wilson's yep. been right. When we come back this morning, as Sam Bankman-Fried under house arrest this morning after being released on that $250 million bond. Take a look at the pre-market. As Jim said, uh, we got uh, some data at 8.30. More on the way at 10 uh, with the new homes and UMICH uh, oil rig count later on today. There's still a lot headed our way before the weekend. Don't go anywhere. Let's get straight to the point. 
You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried has been released on $250 million bond after a federal court appearance yesterday while he awaits trial on criminal charges related to the collapse of his crypto exchange. Terms set by the federal judge call for Bankman-Fried to remain under house arrest at his parents' home in Palo Alto, California, which has been pledged as security on the bond, plus surrender his passport, wear a monitoring device. His next hearing set for January 3. Jim, the judge's rationalization was that he has sufficient notoriety, meaning it would be difficult for him to either engage in further schemes or hide. Yeah, I thought that was reasonable. I mean, I think that, that was big, you know, obviously the biggest bail ever. Uh, to go with his parents, though, I mean, we don't know what, what role they played. Uh, we don't know what role the... Um, Ms. Ellison's parents played. We don't know anything about these stuff. One of the reasons why, why I'm upset and I think the SEC should be a little more over these things is when we look at a filing of a stock, we know who owns it. We don't know what this guy owns. Uh, I do know that, again, the faith of the American people shocked. Just shocked. I mean, I still think that, I think that crypto, I mean, I sold him my crypto. I announced everything on TV, what I did with crypto. But I would not touch crypto in a million years because I wouldn't trust the deposit bank. And you're making no distinction between centralized, decentralized. They fought regulation. They didn't want regulation. And you don't have regulation. So if you have your money in any of those, I, look, I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm just saying you're using a lot of blind faith. And I like to have my money at J.P. Morgan. And I check on Monday to see whether my balance is there or it's there. It feels good. Try getting your money out. When I, I had money, I'm not going to mention the firm that I had my money in, but it was a fight to get the money out. A fight. And I think that everybody who owns these various coins, you know, Solana, Litecoin, I think you're, I do think you're an idiot. Okay? I did not go to college to get stupid. These people who own these things should not own them. They shouldn't own them. Well, and now we got Gensler talking to the Times, arguing that the existing laws may be sufficient, even though a lot of these guys. I I said I sent it. Why don't you come on and enforce them? I think they need to do a big sweep. They have to stop having people uh, creating money, Carl. It's the creation of money by Cretans. I don't think Cretans should create money and then suck people in. These are worse than even the worst Nasdaq stocks. And yet there we are. We've got them up there. Litecoin. How about Darkcoin? Solana. I don't know. How about Selena? It doesn't matter. One interesting tidbit from the Times today is that Ellison and Wong entered their guilty pleas on Monday, but they didn't docket it because they didn't want to tip him off 
before actually getting him back in this country. Well, I mean, boy, they they turned pretty quick. They're friends. I mean, I, I can't. They just flipped. Yep. I mean, they flipped so quickly. And we're not done. I mean, there's going to be a big sweep of all these firms because these firms are in many ways tied in with each other to keep the price up. Right. And I know that, and so is the SEC. And they owe us a sweep. Uh, we're going to find out, obviously, more on the third when we see him back in court. Kramer's Mad Dash coming up in the opening bell. Take another look here at the pre-market ahead of uh, the final trading day of the week. Dow actually still on pace for a weekly advance. Back in a minute. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We've had a lot of data handed us uh, to us this week. Uh, GDP revisions and leading economic indicators, durables today, and core PECE. Take a look at the tenure for the week. Uh, back to three and three quarters, pretty much uh, two year as well. Back to above 432, as uh, that is going to be a bit of a weight on equities if it maintains. Opening bell coming up in a few moments. And don't forget, you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Opening bell is next. Let's get Kramer's mad dash as we count down to the opening bell today. You know, there's been a big acquisition, this Alphabet acquisition, DirecTV. And the analysts, I think, don't know really how to cover it. Uh, they're all kind of mixed about it. Even a great Deutsche Bank piece still saying uh, they don't know. They struggle to identify a clear path for the deal to be immediately economically beneficial. I think they're missing the point on two things. One is, is that it's going to jumpstart YouTube visibility, which has had decline. But second, they don't intend to be static. Right now, DirecTV is static. You, you turn on channel 707 and you get that game. They want to be interactive. They want to make it so that there can be things like what Eli does. Uh, it, the Manning cast. The Manning yep. ca- And really get people to be to uh, focus on a full panoply of things. Maybe gambling uh, built in. Maybe uh, the possibility of fantasy built in. Uh, of surge pricing even for things that go on in the fourth quarter. For when you need to really do things, uh, you know, your players are playing, and to isolate your players for fantasy. They get it. They get that DirecTV was fallow, and I think they'll do great things. And I believe that we will look back and say this was the turning point for this company. What do you think it does to time spent on Roblox, Snap, TikTok, Reels, uh, even you know Netflix, the big streamers. Do you think it moves the needle on some of those to uh, the during, downside? During the season, I think that you have 55 million people who play the game of uh, of fantasy. I think that will go up. Uh, I, the Roblox numbers are very discouraging. The Snap numbers are discouraging. I, I think that we'll find that, that the Instagram numbers are okay, that the real numbers are okay, but that Alphabet is trying to change the stripes. 
So you think maybe net positive for the DraftKings and the Pens? If DraftKings does the deal with Alphabet, you buy DraftKings. You buy DraftKings now. The problem with it now is that you got to predict what Alphabet will do. But I am saying that if anyone thinks that Alphabet is just going to slot it in like the dumb way that DirecTV is, forget it. They have a very big plan, big plans, big plans about what to do. And do not dismiss their plans. They know they have to jumpstart YouTube, but they also have to use all the great interactivity they have. They're much smarter than people realize this is going to be a very big thing. Yeah, that's, we've been talking about it for so long, and we finally had the answer of, of who the, uh, the bride well, is. I was so very surprised that Amazon didn't do it in light of the high quality of the Thursday Night Football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, here's the opening bell. CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It is Schwab Asset Management celebrating income-oriented Schwab ETFs at the NASDAQ. The U.S. Postal Service celebrating Operation Santa. And there's a lot of delivery news today, Jim, given the storm. Yeah, FedEx. I mean, some of this stuff is discouraging. But, uh, look, FedEx is a great outfit. They'll do what they can. UPS used to have that problem. I'm not hearing Carol Tomei. Saying, coming out and saying anything that's that's uh, that they can't. Look, FedEx is up. Yep. I look. I, I thought that FedEx acquitted itself very well in that quarter, and it's not going to trade off of, of Santa. It's going to trade off the fact that they're no longer willing to to do uh, things where they don't make money. And I wonder whether it'll affect their their worldwide root structure mm. because they are willing. You can send anything anywhere with them. I'm not so sure they're going to do that. I think they may find places where it's just not economic, and they'll pull back. Interesting. Uh, FedEx, if you missed it this morning, uh, did say uh, some holiday packages could be delayed, uh, interruptions at the Memphis and Indy Hub due to severe winter weather, but also, Jim, reports of DoorDash, some deliveries getting interrupted. Obviously, the airlines, 4,000 yeah, flights canceled. Yeah, again, you know, these are suboptimal, and the airlines had just been trying to make a comeback, and they will, they will be more problematic. Uh, the whole door, that whole... Uh, elite group of the DoorDashes and the Airbnbs uh, and the Ubers, uh, Lyft, they're all uh, under tremendous pressure. They're also part of the the mockery of the sham of the retail investors, sadly. And I know I believe I believe in Airbnb, but I, the prices are coming back to where we thought they'd be before the pandemic, before things got really exciting. Right. And I think it's very hard for the individual investor to adjust to the losses. I think they'll change behavior because of the losses. I think the pal should recognize that he's winning in one area, which is the declines in the stock market. So you would not be, you wouldn't be going into the new year with a fresh long on Airbnb? I like Air, I, li- I think Airbnb, when I talked to Brian Chesky, uh, Brian Chesky was on my show, the CEO of Airbnb, and he said nothing about how the high end was not traveling. And somehow his interview was interpreted as saying that. I went back to Brian and he said, that's just not true. Uh, just don't, it's just not a fair analysis. So I do believe in Airbnb. I actually would own the stock of Airbnb. I do not own it for my trust, but I, 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 think that, I think it's a good company. I think Brian's done a lot of good things. Uh, we mentioned, uh, obviously, with, with Google and, uh, and direct t- or the Sunday ticket, uh, implications on gaming and time spent on social media. Uh, Microsoft responding, giving a rebuttal to that FTC lawsuit about Activision. Well, good luck. I was reading the FTC. Uh, uh, I was reading a Harvard Law Review uh, piece that Lena Khan wrote, and it just doesn't want deals. And I've read, anyone who's read the 
if you've read the report by the judge on the Simon Schuster Random House, you'd realize that they are finding reasons to block deals. No, people who have not written books yet might find that they will not, when they go with their agent, get as good a deal as before. Well, people who might might write for gaming for Microsoft will not be able to get as good a deal because they'll be won't be able to play what they're what the judges are saying and the, and the agents are saying is, is you can't play off big companies to get better right that's people have to read the reports they're very boring they repeat themselves over and over again but the essence of all this is antitrust by Jonathan Canner and Justice Department and by FTC is we are making it so that as long as we have companies competing against each other we will have more creativity in this country that's why I think that the L, the L3 Harris mm-hmm. Airjet, I mean, they should read these. Well, I'm sure they've read the reports, but their lawyers, if their lawyers are advising them that these deals can go through without being sued, they're being ill-advised. Because these both agencies, FTC and Justice, and the courts so far say all these things make it so there's less creativity, less, less people discovering things, less armaments in this case, I think it'll be. Yep. Speaking of armaments, did you know the aero environment? Uh, makes the best best uh, drones. And it's a little off. David would say, Jim, where are you going here? Yeah. Uh, but they've got a fraction of the orders they could have. When you read that there's so much going to Ukraine, a fraction of the of the switchblades that are very lethal toward the Russians are being sent there. Uh, they're not being bought. Uh, Air Environment's numbers aren't that good because they figured that the U.S. government was going to buy a lot of this product. They're buying a quarter of what they could buy. And I, people who are in favor of Ukraine should tell their, you know, tell people, look, there are weapons that are that could be bought, but they do have a further distance than the javelin. A 90-kilometer distance could mean, again, people are so our government, Jake, Jake Sullivan, so uh, the guys really run the war, yep. so afraid of, of missiles that could go and hit your uh, hit Russia. Yep. But anyway, I just think that these, but the combinations aren't working, and this. Uh, it is incredible the air environment is not being given the go-ahead. So on Activision, do you give the street credit for that ARB spread, basically signaling what, what we've run into now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, look, these people are hiding in plain sight. You just, when you read the report, the, when you read the opinions of the judges and when you read the, the, uh, the, the plaintiffs, the government blocking them, it's always the same, which is that there's been way too many deals in this country. The deals have been anti the consumer, anti the person who's going to write a book, anti the person who's going to write a game, and uh, it's very persuasive. Uh, if you get the you get a Democrat judge, wonder if that's behind some of these headlines. For example, HPE, according to Deal Reporter, that ending talks down. with Nutanix. That's smart. I mean, I think that there's a, a disbelief that these people in uh, in the government are going to succeed in these lawsuits, and I think it's. It's, it's grave. They're gravely wrong. They're going to be the, the lawsuits are going to be horrendous and they're going to have gravitas because uh, we have a government that's very anti merger. Yeah, uh, Nutanix down uh, almost 11 percent this morning. Sure. Uh, ticker NTNX. Uh, Jim, oil's another story. Uh, some supply worries once again. Russia reports that it might cut production 7 percent uh, to combat the price cap. Uh, we got back to close to 80 this morning. On, yeah, uh, Texas. I, that's. I, and I had Rusty Brazil as my expert on. He just said, "Look, uh, a recession is what drives things down. If you've done a recession, the natural progression is for it to go higher, ninety dollars. A recession takes it down, but 
if we don't have that and China starts. But there is a great misperception in China. There's perception that they would use two million barrels more if they really open. It's two million gallons more. So it's not as important. But a recession is going to determine the price of oil and oil goes higher if we stay out of recession. Yeah, there was um, a good piece about China's use of oil, um, that they don't use a barrel of oil the same way that we do. And that if they reopen, yeah, it might be net bullish, but not to the degree. Exactly. No, it's actually our country. If our country's economy is strong, oil is is going up a lot. Natural gas obviously coming down because of weather. What's going on? Nat, gas worst week Nat's since 2014. Be, I know it's supposed to go to $9. All wrong. Uh, uh, most of the, pre, uh, the prognosticators of these things have just been completely wrong. But I do think that when I look at oil, I think it goes higher. And it's not just because they're filling the SPR back, because the president doesn't believe that the SPR and the petroleum reserve has to be filled like it used to because we have so much oil in shale here. But remember, the oil in shale has to be drilled constantly. The oil that Russia has is deep water oil, and that can last a long time. And they don't need the, the technology that people keep saying they need because they have a very long life uh, assets. That they don't have to do. They don't need American technology yeah. right now. Uh, we had Brian Deese, uh, National Economic right. Council director, yesterday, and we asked, uh, "Have you gotten any expressions of interest on that bid?" And he said they'll have more to say in the coming days. I hope so. Yeah. I wish that they would sit down with the oil people. I know that that's uh, not something they care for. Look at Tesla down. This is the same theme I, I'm coming with, which is that you just, the, the people feel they've been had. And it's to some degree their own fault. They believed in the leaders of these companies, not unlike me. Uh, I still believe in Tim Cook. I don't think the quarter's good because Costco told you they don't have enough supply. But, you know, the people believed in these companies. They, loved, they believed in the CEOs. The CEOs were great salesmen. The CEOs did what they did, and they got believed. I, I blame, I, to some degree, I blame the people. Well, Elon Musk would, would blame the Fed. I mean, that's his big argument, is that there's huge macro headwinds at play here. As in his words, I think if I wrote this down right, um, there's stormy weather ahead, but there'll be sunshine thereafter. He's a weatherman. Terrific. <laughs> uh, does a lot, has a lot of jobs. No, I mean, look, his sales mattered. Uh, but Ford sales will matter. Ford Mach-E and the Ford 150 are going to be real competition. For, it's real competition for the first time by a real company. And I've been in the GM. Uh, oh, she has many more nameplates, Mary Barr. Th- those are very good. But I think the Ford electric 150 is a tremendous buy. And they, can make, they sell everyone they can make. Well, that's the big question, isn't it? Is what happens to the argument that Tesla is the alpha dog on supply chain? on production, he even talked about picking a new city for another gigafactory on this. Ford's ready. Ford's ready to take them on. You think they'll be more aggressive? Yeah, I think that Farley, uh, I, Farley's out to get, get Musk. Now, he doesn't, just part of the equation, Farley is a very competitive man, and he is tired of hearing how second-rate Ford is to Musk. He's had it, and he has capabilities. Now, he has internal combustion engine, now, what do you do with all those people if it switches? Well, that, that's not my problem. It's his problem. But I think that Ford's been a terrible stock, because, in part because they're switching. And it's difficult to switch. But when they get it right. That's a, that's a heck of a chart right there. And I'm just, I only say that because I always think back to the period where Tesla was valued more than any other OEM put together. That was a great time. It's a great time for retail investors. 
but that time ended. It's not a great time for retail. I'm sorry. I'm working on my top tonight, and I'm saying the retail investor, I don't blame it. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't blame you. For losing interest, you mean? Right. I don't blame you for losing interest. It was a great ride. You did terrifically. If you bought the stock of something you liked and used, well, congratulations. That was a great way to do it for a while. I I like Etsy. Okay. Uh, I think 130, no. But I like Etsy. I I like Uber, but 25, no. I mean, these prices still have nothing to do with with what the companies do because... They don't make they don't make money. You got to make money. That's key. And so and you that not, ever get to be key. And, and well, you're not you're not calling for you're not making a call as to whether or not Tesla goes into the double digits at this point. Or we're 20 no, bucks ahead. No, it won't do that. And Etsy won't because Etsy's going to make three bucks. I mean, look, Tesla's very profitable. It's just that we have to try to relate the profitability to what the stock sells at. And I just think that people don't even want. 30 times earnings was uh, earnings was considered to be inexpensive. And now 30 times earnings is expensive. And that's what I think the problem is, is that, you, that we reach the level where not only does it have to make money and return capital, but it's got to be inexpensive. Uh, it has to be like PCG. PCG. Inexpensive. You know, a ut- big utility sells at a fraction of what it should that could offer dividend. Well, if you're watching Smucker and and utilities, then that kind of tells you what I, your I think Kellogg's is. inexpensive. I think Campbell's a terrific stock. I I, I mean, great. Uh, I thought Zoetis. I had Zoetis last night. They do a lot of companion animals. They've been hurt by livestock, but I think that that's an interesting company. But oh, okay. we well, look at that Kellogg. That is terrific. By the way, General Mills. Whoever sold General Mills. You're going to have to go buy it back. See Zoetis because they have livestock. Because General Mills had a, had a fantastic quarter. And it sells at 20 times earnings. Needles in a haystack? No. Just a haystack filled with needles. But it's the right haystack. Got to be in the right haystack. And it's not software. Look, I think that enterprise software, when you go meet a private equity person, and you say, what do you work on? Oh, enterprise software. And now you laugh at them. Before, it's like, wow, you could be the man. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking back to the you know, last couple months where we did see uh, a wave of upgrades for service now in hopes that maybe these lead cycle times were coming down. You know, obviously year-end scrutiny on deals, but hopes for 23. Well, it sells at 51 times earnings, so it didn't work. Much as I like service now, it didn't work. Uh, I, I just, if it sells at a high PE, we're back in the world where PEs matter. And if it has a high PE and it doesn't return capital, Carl's probably going to go down. Aren't you looking for some kind of mean reversion, though, next year? Say, for example, worse Dow laggards, CRM maybe, yeah, yeah, Disney. We, we have to get yet, well, Disney, we talk about that forever, but we have to get what Tepper wants. We have to get wages down. We have to get economy cool off. We have to get rates come down. And then, yes, it's paradise. But those things have to happen first. Sure. I mean, Tepper was really instructive yesterday. If you, did, if you felt bullish... Tepper made you feel less bullish, and he was very smart by just saying, "Look, it's it's just not it's just not a great time. You have every central bank against you." Yeah. Marty's late Marty's wife would say the same thing. That don't fight the Feds. <laughs> the Feds. Plural. I want to recommend everything. Disney. <laughs> I mean, Disney's been cut in half. He's got a new CEO. Yes, yes. I own it for the trust. I I bought. Some, we've just bought some. We have tremendous faith in Bob Iger, um, but nobody cares. 
Jim, before we get to Bob Bassani, I, I want to take a moment to thank Peter Schack now, one of our, uh, our control oh. room producers who's responsible for digesting every bit of breaking news that happens, getting it on our screen as quickly as possible, feeding us some of the data that help us understand these markets, retiring, and man, is Peter going to be missed. Yeah, I, I work with him at Bloomberg, work with him here, <laughs> and, and you, you get the email in the morning, it puts everything in perspective, and I wish him the best of luck. Yeah. Uh, what a great guy. Yes. Uh, cheers, uh, Peter. Great to have you. Um, let's get to Bob Bassani. Dow's down 123. Hey, Bob. And I'll echo that with Peter Schack. Now, when I got here in 1990, 32 years ago at CNBC as the real estate correspondent, Peter Schack now was a producer then. He is one of the great legends and one of the founders uh, of CNBC and will be sorely missed and a dear friend of mine for all of us, too, at CNBC. Uh, sort of a mixed morning. A lot of trouble figuring out how to interpret the PCE. Uh, futures just jumped all over the place as people had different interpretations of that. Just take a look at the sectors today. As I said, mixed market, three to two, uh, declining to advancing stocks. But energy was a big winner sort of uh, this year. It's been stable in the last few weeks. Uh, some of the other sectors, uh, metals, a good proxy for global growth. That's been up and down. Let's just call that sideways in the last month or so. Banks have had a terrible month ever since the Goldman Sachs Financial Services Conference. A bit, a bit more stable in the last couple of days. And, of course, semis have been trending down the last two weeks and had a horrible day yesterday on the Micron news. Just take a look at big cap tech. Micron down a little bit. NVIDIA is down again today. Uh, but there you see Apple and Meta and Amazon down again today. You know, we're, we're going to put up these end of the year numbers for you to show you some of these big cap uh, tech names, including Tesla, which kind of gets jumped, uh, lumped into the uh, tech category. Uh, and it's just breathtaking. 65% for Tesla, 65% decline for Meta. Uh, AMD is down 60%. A lot of chip stocks are down 40 to 60%. Amazon's down 50%. So the top you know, 15 or so biggest cap names out there, and these are among them, have just had a horrendous year. Apple's only down 25%. That's considered a relative winner. So where we are right now as we uh, move into the end of the year, it's just a lot of macro confusion. And you can see that today in the futures. Growth is slowing, but it's not slowing enough. Inflation is slowing, but it's still too high. Yields were trending down. Now this week, they're trending higher. So what's the trend in yields? It's not clear. And earnings have been trending lower, but strategists think they're still too high. So look at this confusion. And it's no wonder people have all sorts of estimates for how 2023 is going to be doing. Maybe we should just relax and have the Santa Claus rally. And there it is. It's starting today, folks. This is a famous old uh, little Wall Street saw here. It's the last five trading days of the year. First two of the new year. It's, it's good for an average gain of 1.3%. By the way, that's statistically pretty valid. That's a very good indicator. It doesn't happen like that normally. And it works 80% of the time. The Santa Claus rally is up. And the 20% that it's down, that's when it gets interesting because it's an indicator. And the, the point about uh, the whole thing here for Yale Hirsch uh, at the uh, Stock Traders Almanac, he discovered this 50 years ago, is that failure to rally generally will precede bear markets or situations where you can buy stocks lower in the next year. So the famous line here, if Santa Claus should fail to call, bears may come to broad and wall. And that is Yale Hirsch, 70, excuse me, 50 years ago, discovering the Santa Claus rally. Let's just relax a little for the next week, maybe, and have a little eggnog and see if we can get that rally going there. Carl, back to you. <laughs> okay. uh, Bob, thanks so much, uh, Bob Pisani. And before we go to break, let's get a look at the bonds this morning. As we said, plenty of data for a, a Friday before a three-day weekend. 
Uh, we got uh, new homes and UMICH coming up in about 10 minutes. We'll see what confidence and maybe some inflation expectations look like right now, 10 year, uh, just south of three and three quarters. Back in a moment. S&P laggards for the week, uh, kind of a reminder of what has not worked this week, namely some chips, uh, some travel, but nothing worse than Tesla uh, extending its worst drawdown in history, worst quarter ever, over a two-year stack, uh, worst decline than Bitcoin on Tesla, now just above 121. Take a break here and be back in a minute. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Well, people ask me what I mean when I say make things, do stuff, be cheap, return capital. And it's, it's Pioneer, okay, PXD. Now, here's a company that has got a 10% yield because Scott Sheffield says, I want the highest yield in the S&P. He actually says that. Sells it seven times earnings, buys back stock. Uh, and above $70, that dividend works. And here we are. As we go higher, you know what you're going to get. That's what I want. And I just think that it's okay. It's not interesting. Conoco's not interesting. EOG's not interesting. But interesting is no longer a factor. In 2023, one of the things I'm not going to look for is anything interesting. Although there will be a day where interesting gets interesting again. Oh, my. Absolutely. When Dave Tepper comes on and says, you know what? They've gone too far. Then I know we can be interesting again. But right now, I'm just smack into the uninteresting category of things. Yep. That's good. Except for drugs and food. Right. I mean, look, Bustello, Milk Bone. Was that so hard to find Milk Bone? Was that so hard? I mean, if you have a pet, you know. Milk you get bone. it. You get it. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Absolutely. Great Thank holiday. You. Have a great holiday. Holiday to everybody. Merry yes. Christmas. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.